What's going on, fanboys and fangirls? My name's Tony Mango, and I'm bringing you episode number 33 of the Review Point podcast, of course, presented by fanboysanonymous.com. If you're unfamiliar with how the Review Point podcast works, it's pretty simple. Going to be reviewing something and talking about whether something was a hit or a miss, basically breaking down the positives and the negatives of the movie, and the target for this edition is going to be Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I was fortunate enough to check out an advanced screening a little bit earlier today, and I decided that I'd put up this review as soon as possible to make sure that you guys knew whether or not you should or shouldn't see the movie if you're kind of on the fence when it does come out on July 8th. And I want to warn everybody ahead of time, there might be some spoilers here. So if you have not seen the movie yet at the time that you're watching this review, which I would assume is most of you, I'm going to try my best not to spoil elements of it. But if a couple little things go by, well, you know, I gave you the warning ahead of time. So if you really, really for sure just do not want to be spoiled about anything, bookmark this and go watch it a little bit later on. But if you don't care, then it doesn't matter, right? But um, I actually don't have that many when it comes to spoilers because one of the things I wanted to point out about this movie, which is sort of a negative, and I hate to start off with a negative, but it's a good way to, to kind of come back to this a little bit later on, is that it's very mainstream and formulaic. And that sounds so douchey of me. It really does. And I don't mean to come off that way. Um, you know what? I'll bury the lead by saying this. I like the movie. And it's something that I recommend everybody. Not everybody. Uh, you know, I backtrack on that. I recommend a lot of people to go see this movie. So before everybody gets uh, jumping down my throat on this, saying that I'm crapping all over it or whatever like that, totally not the case. I'm going to talk about the hits and the misses. And there are a lot of hits in this. But I do have to preface this whole thing by saying that this is a formulaic movie. If you've seen one of these type of movies, you've seen them all. So there aren't really going to be any surprises. You can see things coming from a mile away. And, you know, if it, is it really going to be that much of a spoiler if I say things kind of work out in the end? No. I mean, you're not going into this movie expecting it to be this big twist where somebody turns out to be Kaiser Soze or the world ends or anything crazy like that. It's not a comic book movie. It's not a thriller where I'm telling you who the killer is. It's a comedy. And you know, these comedy movies are pretty much, you start off with a premise that everybody knows where it's going to lead. You have some chucks, uh, chucks, not chucks, some chuckles or yucks or whatever you want to call them. I'm combining the two there. You have some chucks in the movie. I don't think a single character is named Chuck. <laughs> you get some laughs along the way. And then it wraps itself up in a neat little package. It's the same thing for all these type of movies. So that actually is kind of one of the things that could be a hit or a miss for you. I mentioned this in the Minuteman review that these aren't the type of movies for everybody, even though they kind of are the type of movies for everybody. It's weird. It's a thing that's going to really play to the general public. But if you're a moviegoer who has an aversion to these type of movies you're not going to like it. I mean, it's the type of thing where if you, if you're not a bread eater, no matter what sandwich somebody gives you, you're not going to like the bread. These movies are not made for everybody, even though they're made for the wide consumption of a lot of moviegoers. Some people really like artsy movies. You know, Amelie is something that people are like, oh my God, this is so fantastic. Some people hate those type of movies. Some people think Dude, Where's My Car is great. Some people hate those. I am not going to say that this is on either extreme for that because it's nowhere near as bad as something like a, a dude where it's my car, 
but it's obviously not this big artsy, fartsy type of, you know, uh, motion picture masterpiece type of a thing. It's not meant to be. This is a movie that they're going to put out there because they think it's funny. It's got some likable people in it. It's going to give you some laughs. And, you know, 10, 15 bucks later, you walk out of the movie laughing and, you know, in a better spirit. And it does that. So that in itself kind of explains a lot of how this movie goes. I'm somebody who I kind of like some of these movies. I kind of hate them. A lot of the times it depends on who is in the movie. Like, I hate uh, Melissa McCarthy's form of humor. So I mentioned in the, the Miniman review, I don't like Bridesmaids at all. I think it's a terrible movie. I didn't think that it was funny in the slightest bit. But you know what? If you like Bridesmaids, you're probably going to like this. On the opposite end of the spectrum, I like Let's Be Cops. The 21 Jump Street movies are really, really funny to me. So I do like some of these types of movies. Um, they mention Wedding Crashers in this movie. And Wedding Crashers is a funny movie. It's not one of my favorite movies or anything like that. But it's the type of thing where if you like Wedding Crashers, you're going to like this. And vice versa. Now, of course, you might dislike some parts of it. You might like some parts better of some other type of movies. And something might just not work for you or whatever like that. But generally speaking, if you like these type of movies, you're going to like them. So, uh... Breaking it down a little bit more here, um, we've got Mike and Dave are the two main characters, obviously. That's what the movie is named after, you know. This is slightly based on a true story of somebody, uh, these two brothers who did this. But, of course, they make it a little bit more uh, ridiculous, and they kind of take the premise of it, and they stretch it out a little bit more. You know, they're not going to be like, well, historians when it comes to this and go, well, you know, you didn't really do that at the wedding. None of that stuff is taking place. But uh, as far as Mike and Dave go... And this kind of applies to the two lead female characters, too, Tatiana and Alice. It's kind of a split between the two of them for me. I think that Adam Devine's character, Mike, and Aubrey Plaza's character, Tatiana, are the two standout stars. They are the funniest of the bunch. They have the best lines. They have the core comedy that really kind of, like, produces the film. Zac Efron and Anna Kendrick, Dave and Alice, they work. But they don't work as well. So it's sort of, it's like a, a mild miss for those two and a big hit for uh, Mike and Tatiana. Now, of course, everybody has their funny lines in the movie. Everybody's got some parts where they can shine. And it's not that I dislike uh, Zac Efron and Anna Kendrick. I actually like them more than Aubrey Plaza and Adam Devine. But in this movie, you know, the more ridiculous characters are the ones that are going to shine a little bit more. So that's how this ends up working. Uh, and I'll bury one of the leads here. The two women are very sexy. It's one of the biggest marketing pieces of the movie. Plus has got the slutty bad girl vibe. Anna Kendrick's got a little bit more of a down to earth, cute girl thing going on. Pick your poison. Even though I would never get along with either of these two women in real life. As far as the movie's concerned, I was down with both of them. They both are likable characters. They both are not annoying, which is really important. And the same thing for Dave and Mike, too. You can't hate these two and have this movie work. And I didn't hate them in the slightest bit. I thought that they were both nice enough guys that I can kind of root for them, but they were goofy enough that it was like, okay, there was, you know, misfits or they deserve to get their asses kicked or they deserve what's coming their way, that kind of a stuff. So it has a good rhythm when it comes to that. These are four fucked up characters that you should either end up really liking and you can kind of go along the ride with them or you might hate them. And if you hate them, you're going to hate the movie. It's just, that, that's how it works. 
it's a little bit forced with Anna Kendrick. Kind of makes it seem like she's not sold on playing her part in the movie. I don't know. And Zac Efron kind of felt like an easy paycheck, sort of. It's really mean for me to say that kind of stuff because it's really not. It's not like they do a bad job at all. I keep backtracking on here just to prove to you guys that it's not that I dislike this movie or that I dislike the characters because I do like it. But I, you know, you got to talk about the misses just the same as you got to talk about the hits. Big hit for me was uh, the little sister, Jeannie. Ridiculously cute. And it's a really good thing that her character is so innocent because it's a nice juxtaposition to the four leads because they're so self-absorbed. They're fucking up all the time. And she's just this innocent, cute little girl. And you you feel bad for her in these situations. So that she plays that part perfectly. Sugar Lynn something or other is her name. I'm kind of blanking on that. Let me check that real quick. Uh, Sugar Lynn Beard. That is a weird name. But uh, got a new crush. At the very least, when it comes to her, even though I do like Aubrey Plaza a lot, and I do like Anna Kendrick a lot, and Zac Efron's kind of dreamy, right? <laughs> um, I would say a negative for this movie, one of the misses, is Cousin Terry. Her character was just not doing it for me. It was kind of this, like, the, the raunchy side of things, and I don't really dig the raunchy jokes as much. So, uh, you know, it, it got a couple laughs out of me, but... I can see people not liking her all that much. On the same token, I can see people loving that character because if that's the type of sense of humor that you have, you are going to love her scenes. I didn't really like the other best friend kind of character and um, Mary Holland plays her. I think her name was Becky in the movie. She was fulfilling a part that needed to be in the movie a little bit, just that sort of annoying best friend kind of and she was annoying, and that meant that I didn't like her character all that much. So kudos to her for pulling off a character well like that, and that's kind of a, a hit and a miss together, because uh, I shouldn't like the character, and I didn't. But that also kind of meant that whenever her scenes were on, I kind of wanted them to move to a different part where it's like a little bit more fun, you know what I mean? Um, I was really digging the fiancé, Eric. I thought that he was really cool. He's a, a quote-unquote boring character. But I liked that too, kind of the same as uh, the little sister Jeannie. It was like these two innocent people trapped in this uh, chaos of these four fuck-ups. Really liked Stephen Root as the father. Nice touch. Always good to see that guy in a movie. Milton is fantastic, and he's a guy that, I, you know, whenever he's doing anything, he tends to be funny. His wife, on the other hand, I can't even remember her character's name or the actress's name. I know I've seen her in a bunch of different things before. She's been better in a lot of different things. But um, she was almost like window dressing in her scenes. All the dialogue was given to Stephen Root. And, you know, when it was happening in the movie, I didn't really think about it. But then when I started to look at the cast list, I was thinking all she did was really nod her head. And that's kind of a shame because she should have been given more to do. So it's not so much that I didn't like her character. It was more so the miss is on the writer's part because they didn't give her all that much to do. And I think that she would have been able to do more if they would have given her more. Um, yeah, this is a type of movie where I think the best way to explain it is just you go into it not expecting it to be anything drastically different. It's not going to be this groundbreaking type of a movie. It's not going to be something that, you know, it's going to be like a cult classic that everybody talks about for years and years and years, like an old school or 
something like that. Even a movie that I didn't like, Step Brothers, is going to be far up higher on the list of these type of movies than a lot of other people are going to put this one. But I do like Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I have been seeing a lot of movies that are the total opposite of this. And I'm actually even going to check out the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman, which is about as you know grim as you can get to sort of be uh, the thing that I'm going to follow this up with. But yeah, it was a nice change of pace for me. I like seeing a good comedy every once in a while. This made me laugh. I liked being in a pack house full of people all enjoying this movie. We had somebody ahead of us in uh, the theater that was just cracking up. She loved it so much. The woman that was to the next uh, to the side of me. Uh, she was cracking up. She and uh, her friend were leaving saying such a good movie. And, you know, they're just kind of like uh, really, really praising it quite a bit. And I don't remember seeing anybody leaving the movie theater upset about the movie. There might've been a couple people that didn't love it as much, but um, I only heard one person say something that, and this was actually not even like a total miss kind of a thing. She said, yeah, there were some parts that weren't really doing it for me, but I liked it. And that is about as bad of a review as I could give it is that some jokes fall a little flat, but the majority of the movie is funny. I liked it. You give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I'm giving this a thumbs up. If I'm going with a five star rating, just realistically, I'm going to give it a three because, you know, fours are for the movies that are just underneath a five. And uh, I recommend it for everybody to go check out if this is your type of movie. If you're on the fence about it, give it a shot. I said before, this is a good date movie. It's not going to be offensive to a lot of different people. It's not something you're going to take a little kid to see, of course, because this is not going to be, you know, a G-rated Finding Dory type of movie. But it's also not like this super raunchy, really disgusting type of a gross-out movie kind of thing, and that's a positive. So, thumbs up from my end. I recommend it, and I want you guys to tell me what you think about it when you go and see the movie by leaving a comment below. And I also want you guys, of course, to hit that subscribe button if you want to check out more things that are coming your way from the Fanboys Anonymous channel and the website itself. Just follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Hit that thumbs up button as well. That helps out quite a bit. And pass this around to anybody that you want to tell whether or not they should go see the movie. So that's it for now, everybody, for this edition of the Review Point Podcast. Thank you all for listening. I'm Tony Mango, and I'm a fanboy. See you next time, everybody. Geeks out.